Greetings, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. I am your TV necromancer, TV's Noah Houlihan. We have gathered here tonight to examine the bodies of past television shows to see which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which one should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast where I analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of TV shows that ran only one season, or only one episode. Or, in this case, zero episodes. This will be the first show we talk about that never ran a single episode. With me today is me, TV's Noah Houlihan. So, few things I want to go over before we get into... Learning with Pibby, learning is so fun. We like to spell and we like to hug. This is going to be a weird episode. Uh, so first and foremost, uh, we promised an on-the-road episode for, for this this slot. And uh, I got really sick. I'm actually still quite sick. I'm not sure if you can hear it. So when we were supposed to record on the road, I needed to focus solely on driving or we would probably crash. So I took it, took the decision very seriously and decided that we were not going to record and just focused on getting home safely. I hope you understand. Uh, but that left us with a situation where we really didn't have time to watch anything. I'm still pretty sick. Uh, Laura is insanely busy this week. Uh, so I thought it would be a good opportunity to do something a little bit different and a little bit special. Uh, so we are going to do Learning with Pibby. Now, few things I got to say about this. Learning with Pibby is an Adult Swim air quotes show. Uh, it exists only as a trailer and an April Fool's Day prank. But there is an interesting narrative, and there's a lot to be said about Learning with Pibby. What's very interesting about Learning with Pibby is there's actually debate on what the title of the show is. Uh, Learning with Pibby is what the title says when you watch it. However, if you go on YouTube to watch it, it is called Come and Learn with Pibby. And if you look on IMDb, it is called Pibby Apocalypse. So what we're going to do in this episode is we are going to break down and discuss what this show is, if you could even call it a show, if this show is doomed, if it should be doomed, or if it should continue. And it's also going to be some theories on what I believe that this show, air quotes, means. So this is going to be more of a video essay than a podcast for those that are usually here. So be prepared for that. And if you're here expecting a video essay on Learning with Pibby, it's going to be more of a podcast for you. So in the end, no one will be happy. So sit back and relax. I'm going to start talking about Learning with Pibby. And to do that, we need to pour one out. Today I'm having orange juice so I don't die. All right, let's just jump into this. So Learning with Pibby debuted, again, I'm using this word very strangely, uh, on Halloween. This debuted on Halloween of 2021. And it was a short that is disguised as a trailer for a show 
called Learning with Pibby. And throughout this discussion, I am going to give you three theories of what I believe Learning with Pibby could be about. What the actual story behind this is. My first theory that I'm going to present to you is I believe it is a representation of the grim darkification of media, of taking media and making it grim and dark, like everything seems to be. So we start with what looks like a Dora the Explorer-esque educational show for preschool. We have uh, a bunny named Bun-Bun and Pibby, who is a girl, uh, but like very simple shaped girl. I would like to just kind of throw out this thought that to me, with Pibby's hair, uh, Pibby's kind of designed to look a bit like Mickey Mouse. And I'm curious if that was done on purpose, because when you think Disney, you think Mickey Mouse. Uh, But of course, Oswald existed first, who was a bunny. Probably a coincidence, but just throwing that out there. So it starts with a theme song. Learning with Pibby, learning is so fun. We like to spell and we love to hum. And basically, uh, Pibby and Bun Bun like learning and hugging. And then this weird thing takes over. This weird noise happens and they look over and over the hills is a black ooze of some sort with glitches happening within it. So it's this weird, pixely, broken television-looking substance or entity that comes hunting down uh, our heroes, Pibby and Bun-Bun. Now, what's very interesting is that they run away, and there's a fade to black, and then all of a sudden they're inside of a house. I found that very interesting because their means of travel, their means of escape is a television transition, a fade to black and fade up, and they're inside. Uh, Bun-Bun explains that he's scared, and Pibby says, don't worry, I will always take care of you. And then we jump cut to this black glitch having Bun-Bun. So it's interesting that it's not... Jump cut might be the wrong word because there's like a glitch involved in the movement, but it's very interesting to me that the escape and the capture both happen through editing rather than seeing the characters escape or seeing this black glitch grab them. This glitch has Bun Bun and Pibby's doing her best to try to save her friend and all of a sudden we cut to credits. But Pibby is okay and aware. Like, she can see the credits. She's now been removed from the threat of the glitch and now can kind of move between worlds of animation. She ends up in a world of superheroes. She ends up in the actual world of the Flintstones. We see Fred Flintstone, and Fred Flintstone also gets captured by this black ooze. And other characters are also then seen being infected by this glitch. We see 
uh, Scooby-Doo, which I think is a very interesting choice considering what we will eventually know happens. Uh, We see Porky Pig, The Amazing World of Gumball, uh, Dexter's Lab, The Powerpuff Girls, uh, Adventure Time. They're all being absorbed in this weird glitch and getting distorted. Uh, Then we see Pibby Bleed, which is a very interesting scene that I want to kind of break down a little bit more seriously. Uh, Pibby touches her eye and red water comes out. That's her, her wording for it. Basically, what this is expressing is Pibby, now that she's no longer in her own world, can experience new things like injury. Uh, This also happens uh, in a world that looks very Disney, which I think is very interesting. The animation style, in my opinion, looks very Rescue Rangers. Uh, And throughout the trailer, we also learn that Pibby's kind of making friends. So uh, Pibby ends up making friends in a superhero world with a, a sidekick character. And in this Disney world... Uh, not the Disney world, but this Disney animation world, uh, will befriend this evil cat woman. Not cat woman, but this evil... It it very much feels like a Rescue Rangers type villain, like this flamboyant uh, cat with furs on, which, you know, seems... A cat with furs? Like... (laughs) It seems especially cruel. Uh, So she's learning about all these, like, new worlds. And then we get a moment where they're hiding in a classroom together, these three characters that have met up. And a glitched version of Finn and Jake from Adventure Time show up uh, with this black ooze coming out of their mouths and eyes as they search for these three Characters that have been trying to escape the ooze, escape the glitch. And Pibby says, we have to be quiet. And when she does that, the word quiet appears like it's a word that she is instructing us to learn. Uh, So basically the idea is, even though Pibby is no longer in her own world, her animation style and her, I don't want to say powers, because it's just normal in her world. That when you bring up a word that you want people to understand, that it appears visually. So she can have the effects of the other worlds. So she can be injured outside of her world because there are injuries in the world she's in. But also the aspects of her world still exist. Very intriguing concept. Uh, We then see all these different characters uh, coming together to fight against the Black Ooze. Uh, Pibby, not just Pibby's friends that I mentioned earlier, uh, but other characters, because Pibby wants to use the power of love to defeat the Black Ooze. Look, kid, do you really think we're going to save the universe with the power of love? (gasps) That's a great idea. We'll use the power of love. And then it smash cuts to her using a copyright-friendly ripoff of a Care Bear like a machine gun, (laughs) which is such a great visual and such a great bit of just a great way to use the crossover and use the Care Bear stare. 
Uh, we see Pibby traveling to different worlds. It's a trailer, so there's a lot of like jumping around. Pibby's becoming more and more injured. She's wearing an eye patch. She's wearing a cast. She ends up in a world of black and white, so there's an idea that there would be crossovers to old like 1930s Cuphead-esque cartoons. What? Cuphead isn't an actual 1930s cartoon. I don't know why that was the first thing I thought of. Betty Boop. Betty Boop-esque cartoons. Uh, so we're going to see all different types of animation throughout this. And it leads to this big battle with this glitch. And in this battle, we see all these different things from various uh, different worlds. We see the mystery machine. We see a world that looks very much like Rocco's Modern Life which is not a Cartoon Network Adult Swim property, but it's very much that style. So I doubt that Rocco would show up in this real show because it's not a real show. Uh, but it's very interesting to have that reference thrown in there, that something from Nickelodeon is being called up. We then see stuff from Speed Racer, so there's also some anime stuff in here. We see a... Uh, a giant Jetsons monster. It's George Jetson, but like totally corrupted to the part where he looks like a, a spider almost. Uh, we cut to Pibby in SpongeBob SquarePants' bathroom. So again, we're just pulling from like all these different uh, animation styles. And to like really blow your mind, they then th run through a commercial. A live-action commercial for grape juice. Uh, the grapes are called Grapes of Atwater, and I've searched and searched for what this could reference, but I, I can't find anything. I thought maybe it was an anagram. Found nothing. And it leads to this huge, epic battle where you see the corruption, the glitch, uh, going to war with various different characters. Some of the characters are... Uh, just general, like, new characters, like characters that are not from anything. But I need to shout out that it also includes Samurai Jack. It includes Princess Unikitty. It includes Darwin from uh, The Adventures of Gumball. It includes, what's her name, from Courage the Cowardly Dog, the, the mother What's her name? More, more, Marine? Marine or something? Like I said, this is more of a podcast than a, than a video essay, so I don't have all the notes like directly in front of me. Uh, but here are the three that are especially important that I'm going to go back to later, and it's very important that you keep these in mind. Okay, first, Buttercup from the Powerpuff Girls is there. Second, Princess Rainicorn from the pilot of Adventure Time. Like, not Princess Rainicorn as you know and love her, but from the original short, that design of Princess Unicorn is there. Uh, Princess Rainicorn, excuse me. And thirdly, the scream? Like, you know the, the, the guy doing the Macaulay Culkin in that painting, the scream? He's there as well. It's going to be important to remember these things later for other theories, but right now we're just going through and explaining what the original short was, but we are going to come back to these things. So I just want to especially point those things out to you. 
Uh, Pibby is then seen fighting all these things when Bun Bun emerges from the darkness as like almost like a kaiju and uh, is like the big bad of this thing. And just as they're about to collide, it cuts back to a normal learning with Pibby uh, edutainment screen with a little bit of glitch going on. And then the video ends. So that came out as a Halloween short in 2021, which I've already said. Uh, currently on YouTube, it has 30 million views. People could not get enough of this. People really wanted to see more Learning with Pibby. And it was created just for fun. It was just like a Halloween uh, fun little horror short. But... People really grabbed onto it and wanted more. And the idea of this weird cartoon multiverse that doesn't involve um, LeBron James playing basketball really appealed to a lot of the hardcore cartoon fans. And people begged for it to become a real show. It did sort of. Adult Swim is known for their April Fool's Day pranks. Uh, some of my favorite include when they showed The Room. They just showed The Room. Uh, when they heavily advertised that they were going to show all of the Aqua Teen Hunger Force uh, movie film for theaters, I think is the full title, but the Aqua Teen movie, they were going to show it in full like two days before it was supposed to come out in theaters and they did, but it was real small in this like corner of your screen. So you couldn't hear or see any of it. That was great. Uh, the next year they just showed the actual film, which was good. They showed perfect hair forever in reverse chronological order. One year that was very silly. Uh, they did a, uh, adult swim junior, where they made it look like it was a more child-friendly version of Adult Swim. Lots of fun stuff like that. With this one, randomly on April Fool's Day, well, I guess it's not random. They knew it was April Fool's Day. It started, once again, with learning with Pibby. And then throughout the shows, Pibby continued to show up. I believe that this is the first episode of Learning with Pibby. I honestly do believe it. It exists within this Adult Swim block in these tiny little chunks. And I've watched the entire Adult Swim block that this aired uh, when it came out because I was obsessed with this. And I've also just watched Adult Swim put out a very nice video where you can see all of the glitches and Pibby moments in this Adult Swim block, because I believe the Adult Swim block in total is like four hours. Like, I got to watch it without commercials because they uploaded the whole thing without commercials, so it was only like two or some hours there. Uh, but when it comes to the Pibby content, uh, it's only 11 minutes, 12 minutes or so. 12 minutes is the length of an Adult Swim show. Like, your average Adult Swim show, like your Aqua Teens, your... Uh, C Lab 2021. I'm really showing my age here by saying by what my examples of an Adult Swim show are. Uh, your China Illinois, uh, your 
Xavier's, uh, your pretty little face going to hell. They don't have a commercial break in them. They're just 12 minutes. So this is the appropriate length of an Adult Swim show, which I think is very sus. I'm not old, guys. I use words like sus. And I'm going to go through uh, what happens in these. And I believe there's some good evidence here that what this black glitch is, this black ooze, this black glitch, is the grim darkification of media. Because remember who's putting this out. This is Cartoon Network, which is Warner Brothers. Uh, they had some of the most grim dark success and then the grim darkification of films because they had the Nolan verse Batman. They're like, wow, grim dark really works. Let's do grim dark uh, Superman. Let's do grim dark Wonder Woman. Let's do grim dark Aquaman. Let's do grim dark Batman. We already did grim dark Batman. Let's do it grimmer and darker. I want Batman to be a vampire. It's like, we'll see what we can do in casting. Uh, Let's do grim, dark Scooby-Doo. I don't think we should do that because I think that's going to be a one-season wonder and really upset those two hosts that do that podcast about shows that last one season or less. Yeah, eventually we're going to do Velma, and I'm not excited for it. I'm not excited at all. I know you guys are, but I am not. And we're going to see that kind of grim darkification of things throughout the glitches that go through April Fool's. So I'm going to explain th those. I'm going to give you a quick recap of those. Uh, we get the normal Learning with Pibby theme song, and then instead of the glitch and their attack, they end up in Rick and Morty. And the Black Ooze glitch uh, chases them off, and you can see it in the background of this episode. And they do the normal episode of uh, It's Total Rick Call, with the, the brain parasites. It's that episode, except through the window, you see this glitch. And then throughout the episode, there are other little moments where you can see Pibby and Bun Bun. Like when they go to No Bedtime Land, where Summer is with that like lamb creature and they fly away and they go to a rave, you can see Pibby and Bun Bun just standing there like awkwardly because they know they're not supposed to be there, even though it probably is the thing that most closely resembles their world. It's still something off about it. It's probably a little uncanny valley for them. Uh, you can also spot them in the big pullout moment where it is full of brain parasites and the house is just full of people, and Rick is like, oh, it's like a Where's Waldo page. Can you find me? You can also find Pibby and Bun-Bun. Uh, they do a little bit of glitching, but they're there. You can find them, which, real quick, uh, sub-theory, this doesn't count as one of the theories, are Pibby and Bun-Bun actually brain parasites? Because, if you know anything about Rick and Morty, uh, a lot of people really like this show, and they don't have any bad memories of this show. They just have these glimpses of something that made them really excited. But in reality, the show doesn't exist at all. It's not real. It's just a memory that you have. Kind of makes sense. I, it, I don't think that's satisfying 
as as an answer, but there's evidence for it, so I thought I'd throw it in there. The big moment is later in this episode, though, where Morty is starting to believe that Rick is one of the parasites. So he is going to kill Rick. He has a gun in his hand, and he is pointing it at Rick's head. And then his eyes roll back into his head, his mouth becomes wide, and the glitch kind of pours out of it, and he makes an inhuman, unnatural, glitchy noise and drops the gun as the screen, like, distorts. And then the scene just continues as normal. But I would like to point out that one thing with this glitch is we have seen this glitch, this entity, chasing characters and trying to capture them, absorb them, corrupt them. We don't see the glitch get Morty. Morty is about to commit a very large act of violence, is that he was about to assassinate his uncle. He was moments away from pulling the trigger. And the glitch manifested itself within him. That's why I have this theory that the glitch is violence. It is taking something and making it dark and gritty. And in that moment, that's what Morty was. He was dark. He was gritty. He was mean. He was awful. And thus, the glitch was able to be created within him. We'll have more evidence of that later. So in the rest of the the Rick and Morty episode, you don't really see much more in terms of uh, glitches until the credits. In the credits, you have these glitched moments over the actual words, the actual credits, and then you have Bun-Bun and Pibby appear to discuss what's going on. Oh, you think it's just a scary episode? Yeah, maybe it's a Halloween special. Oh, happy Halloween! Which I think is referencing the fact that the trailer was a Halloween thing. In any case, Pibby wishes us a happy Halloween, and then there's more distortion, and there's distortion over the characters. Something bad has happened here. And we will see something bad happening to Bon Bon in an upcoming glitch. Uh, which takes us to the next show that aired on this block, uh, Smiling Friends, which is a show I had never seen, but it is, in fact, hilarious. Uh, in this, one of the characters goes to hell uh, because it's a Christmas episode. This show's wild. <laughs> I I haven't been up to date on my Adult Swim in quite some time, uh, but if this is what they're producing, it's it's pretty it's pretty funny and wild stuff. Uh, but in hell, the black entity, the black glitch, is also there. As are Bon Bon and Pibby. They're just kind of walking through hell. Uh, the glitch is just kind of there. Absorbing evil beings. That's kind of it. Uh, We then get a bumper about blockchain. In the bumper, like interrupting it, Bun-Bun slides in and Bun-Bun's eyes have been removed and is replaced with the glitch, with the darkness, and says, 
Maybe we should let the darkness consume us. So uh, that's an important, like, plot beat for this, because that's explaining what the darkness does. The darkness gets in and it takes over you. Uh, the fact that Bun Bun is saying, you know, let it consume us would imply that Bun Bun is not there anymore and it is just the darkness, which is weird of the, the darkness to kind of give away its plan like that. But a very distraught Pibby uh, then tries to save her friend Bun Bun, who is now consumed by the darkness. Bun Bun? What are you saying? Uh, we get another commercial uh, not much to say here. It's a a 1930s representation of Rick and Morty, and it's just kind of Morty walking around. Uh, but the glitch kind of starts to appear over parts of it, and Bon Bon's in the back, and Bon Bon has the black eyes. Not a lot to say here, because the next big thing I think is very important, and it's the Eric Andre show. Uh, if you've never seen the Eric Andre show, I'm sure you've seen the meme. There's a meme where Eric Andre pulls out a pistol, shoots Hannibal Burris, and then turns and looks into the camera and says, Now, in this occasion, the moment he pulls the gun out, his body becomes glitchy. This is once again not someone being taken, attacked, and consumed by the darkness. The darkness seems to come out of nowhere, manifest itself within a person who is holding a gun. So I think that this glitch is taking people and making them violent. Like the violence is what the darkness is. The darkness is violence, is this grim dark and the idea of violence as entertainment. Uh, as he is shooting uh, Hannibal, we do watch, uh, we do get a cut uh, backstage where Pibby and Bun Bun are watching. Pibby is horrified. Bun Bun, with the blackness in the eyes, is smiling. So whatever this darkness is, the darkness likes violence. So that's why I'm saying that the darkness represents the grim darkification of characters, because that's what it wants. Uh, so this is the part that I think uh, might be something that people are a little bit confused on, because I think I have a very different view of what happens here. Uh, but in a bumper that's very scenic. It's just kind of like the side of a mountain. Adult Swim has these every now and then. Pibby pops up and kind of grabs what we would imagine is the camera, but kind of grabs the screen and looks at us and says, Pretty, please help us. Why aren't you anything? And a lot of people take this to mean that Pibby can see us and has, like, through this experience, has some sort of, like, fourth wall-breaking power. I don't think that's true. I think this is Pibby normally because she's an edutainment show. Like, think of your Dora the Explorer. Do you know where we should go next? And then 
Dora expects the kids to answer. And she can hear the kids answer and uses that information to make good decisions. If this is an edutainment show, a lot of her show is probably that. Asking the kids for help, and then the kids respond. So she's used to having help from the audience that's watching. But this is not her normal audience. This is a bunch of stoners watching adults swim. (laughs) So they're not doing anything to help. They're not participating. Granted, Pibby has not asked us any questions, but I think this is not a horror, she has superpowers type thing. I think this is her experience. When she's in trouble in her show, she asks the fourth wall to help her, and it does. But it's not happening now, because we are not that audience. I just wanted to clear that up. I love this moment. It's a great moment, and it's very interesting, and really, like, sinks its teeth into you, because now you feel like you should be doing something. Ah, it's such a good show. That's not a show. Uh, We then get a very strange glitch in Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which I cannot believe is still being aired on Adult Swim. It's the episode where Master Shake gets uh, super yoked, gets super buff. Uh, I forget exactly how he gets buff, but he shouldn't be buff. And his muscles gain sentience and uh, becomes like a dude bro and starts like attacking people. Yeah, that episode. So the glitch in this is the moment that the muscles become sentient, they do an overlay to make it look less like Master Shape, Master Shake, excuse me, and more like actual flesh and muscle tissue. This is, again, my argument that this is the grim darkification of these characters because it's not just that they're becoming dark. It's this idea of they're becoming more realistic. For some reason, grim, dark, and realistic and realism are sewn together hand in hand, even though that's not true. Like, what would a realistic Batman look like? Oh, he'd probably get real hurt and fire would burn him and things like that. There is no realistic Batman. A realistic Batman would die immediately. (laughs) But I think the glitch kind of doing this to Master Shake, making Shake look more realistic, even though he's a cup with muscles, really plays well into that idea of the grim darkification. There's then this really weird moment that I don't have a lot of uh, strong theories about. I think all my theories about it are a bit um, bit superficial. But we see bodies being thrown out of the bar, which is called opossums, which is a great joke. And when the bodies fly out of the bar... They turn into realistic-looking flowers. I was thinking maybe it had something to do with a real dead body would be mourned with flowers. But this is not a moment I have a good theory on. 
Uh, another body is thrown through the window and it looks like a log. Like, I don't know if it's just like the glitch is causing some other show to cross over here uh, because it is reminiscent of the trailer of Learning with Pibby from the setting that Pibby runs from the the uh, George Jetson monster. What a sentence. Uh, so maybe it ties in with that. This is the one scene where I'm like, don't get it. Doesn't fit any of my theories. Uh, after Aqua Teen, we get another shot of Pibby and Bun Bun kind of just walking through a weird uh, Adult Swim animation. Bun Bun still has the eyes. So despite the fact that Bun Bun is corrupted, uh, Pibby is still with Bun Bun. Uh, we get another uh, one of these um, like almost immediately afterwards where it's uh, a Rick and Morty style bumper that gets super corrupted by them. Uh, perhaps it is meant to show that Bun Bun is now like the main vessel for this and is going around corrupting everything and Pibby is trying to stop Bun Bun. Uh, we get another cameo from the two in the uh, Bird Girl episode where they're dealing with like the weird Care Bears. They just kind of show up in the background. They don't do anything big in this one, but it happens and it's my job to cover these things. Nearing the end of this, uh, we get another Adult Swim bumper that gets super corrupted. It's like another scenic one, but it's more of like a house and a field and everything starts to just get more and more distorted and destroyed as a panicked-looking uh, Pibby enters and looks around, sees the destruction of the glitch around her, and whispers. Now, I think a lot of people interpret this as her looking for Bun-Bun. Bun-Bun is lost now and has been separated from Pibby, and Pibby is desperate to get Bun-Bun back, which I think is a very valid interpretation of this. I also think it's very possible that as the glitch is happening around her, there is a bit of recognition going on that the glitch and Bun Bun are now one in the same. Like it's a recognizing moment of Bun Bun, is that you? Not Bun Bun, where are you in that moment? Uh, then in the ending... Uh, Joe uh, Para, yeah, I think that's the name. Joe Para talks with you. Uh, the end of this whole show, air quotes again, is Joe Para driving away, and in live action, we see Pibby alone, walking alone, defeated through the snow. And that's the ending of what I believe is the learning with Pibby pilot. This is a story that doesn't exist in a single show. Its existence shouldn't be happening in the realms of television. It is happening due to a glitch. The glitch being the grim darkification of media. And that's why the violent moments of this show is where the glitch is the strongest. Uh, you could also say, going back to the thing I said I had no theory on, Here's a theory for you. That is the result of violence. The bodies being thrown through windows. That's a violent act. Thus, another vessel to create this glitch, this violence that's going out. 
it's a little bit strange to think that Adult Swim is trying to uh, present something with the message of TVs riding your brain and making you violent. That doesn't seem like a thing that they should want to do, but Adult Swim also, you know, made Tim and Eric awesome show. That's a thing you probably shouldn't do either. And yet, here they are. They have a whole show called Off the Air, so that when you see it on the preview channel, oh, man, I'm really dating myself. When you see it in your TV guide, you think nothing's going to be there. But it's actually a show that's been running for a while now. That's awesome. Adult Swim does a lot of things that they're not supposed to do. And I think the idea of them kind of taking a shot at Warner Brothers and the grim darkification of media is something they'd do. Uh, it's a shame because the grim darkification of media is something that I got from Lara, and Lara would hate this. This is Lara's great fear, the idea of television just turning on her <laughs> and being unpredictable and uh, unleashed. Not not something she's into, but the idea of everything becoming grimmer and darker is definitely something she's pointed out to me, and that's why I kind of went down this road with that. That's my first theory. Here's another theory for this. A lot of speculation is going on about this show, and there's been discussions on YouTube and on Reddit, and the idea that the glitch is not the entity. The entity is something that hides in the dark. It is, the darkness is the television when it's off. The darkness is that black screen that exists in between shows and in between commercials. That moment of nothing. Something lives there. And now... Something is disrupting it. I don't like this theory. I like the Grimdark theory. And so I wanted to voice that that theory exists, but I'm going to go back to the Grimdark theory. The thing I love about the Grimdark theory is that the idea of the Grimdarkification doesn't mean corrupting everybody. The best way to make everything Grimdark is not to make everything the glitch. It is important to have heroes that can fight against it. So you can't have the light be crushed. The light still has to exist, so there is darkness. The yin-yang, I know. But it's got to be something that the dark can constantly push down. The light's not going to win, It's gonna, but it's going to try to push back try to create that hope. And the perfect thing to do that is Pibby. The way to turn Pibby grim dark is not to corrupt Pibby, but to make Pibby have to forego the bright, colorful, child-friendly existence that she has and turn into a fighter. In that trailer that they dropped on Halloween... You see her wielding a chainsaw, wielding a sword, firing a gun, using an Acme rocket. All things that shouldn't be done in a Dora the Explorer, Blue's Clues, Sesame Street-esque show. No, she's not corrupted. She's not mind-controlled. But she's still doing all the grim, dark things. 
And her plan is to find other people who have not been corrupted and recruit them to fight alongside her. She's the perfect one to do that because she has the fourth wall breaking ability. She's like Deadpool. She is the only person who, well, not the only person, but she comes from a show where in that world she has the ability to communicate directly with us and hear us. So what a great way to get to us, which the darkness cannot corrupt, than making us invest in her. The vessel of us, which the darkness can then crush. That's the full theory. You might have noticed I got confused and jumped into the entity theory before I finished the grimdark theory, but this is more of a podcast than it is a video essay. (laughs) That being said, as much as I like the grimdark theory, I have another theory that I think the more that I really work on it, the more I really like it. You see, that is all of learning with Pibby we have uh, in a media context. We have the trailer and we have the glitches on April Fool's Day. But I do not believe that is all we have in terms of the canon. Okay? Because the Adult Swim Instagram page shared a lost Bun Bun poster that was clearly drawn by Pibby and placed on telephone poles in the real world. That tells us two very important things. One, Pibby can also interact with the world, with our actual reality. And two, Adult Swim did not learn a lesson from when Boston thought they were under attack by the moon. Never forget. In any case, if that is canon, that Pibby can also interact with other worlds, uh, I would like to say first that the fact that we don't have more Pibby at this point is very confusing. Uh, Like I said, this happened on April Fool's Day, uh, 2022, and I'm recording this at the end of March 2023. I feel like this April Fool's Day is pretty much the last glimmer of hope of ever seeing any more Pibby content. I would love to see more Pibby content. And there is a perfect place to place Pibby in terms of continuing this story. And that place is, of course, Multiverses. Multiverses is a Smash clone that is heavy on co-op, that is free to play and is all Warner Brothers characters. A lot of the characters that we saw get corrupted by the glitch are already in uh, multiverses. Shaggy, uh, Jake from Adventure Time, uh, Velma is there, uh, others I'm sure that I can't think of at this moment. Uh, So the idea that these characters 
are all existing in the same universe and are, are fighting, this seems like a great place to put the glitch. This seems like a great story for that game, period. Because that game also has, like, original characters that are not from any franchises. It also has, like, gremlins in it and also LeBron James. Insanity. But it doesn't have, like, that overarching story. There's no subspace embassy in it. But I think the Battle of the Glitch would be a fantastic story for it. And a great kind of way to give closure to us in that you put it legitimately in our hands and you play as Pibby and you fight back. It sounds like a great place for it. But I don't think that's what this all means. I think, as much as I love this, I think the story's over. I like the idea of it being grimdark. The entity that hides in the, the black screen when your TV is off, also really fun. But I don't think that's what this is. Now that we're probably close to an hour into this podcast, I think that this black goo, this glitch that is taking over everything and corrupting it, I think it's the Discovery Channel. <laughs> I think it's the idea of being taken over by another company and being sold and these beloved characters being swallowed up by this dark, glitchy, incorrect goo. When this was created, they had not been bought yet. The Cartoon Network and, and Warner had not been merged with uh, Discovery. But they knew that that was a possibility at this time. Not even that it was definitely going to be Discovery or anything, but the idea of Warner Brothers being sold and Cartoon Network being sold was something that they were aware of could happen. And the idea of this new entity coming and messing with all their beloved characters and turning them into something that they that they shouldn't be, that makes a lot of sense. Allow me to try to prove it to you. There's a few things I told you that I wanted you to, to really keep in mind here. Uh, one is the, the guy screaming, the scream, the painting. Uh, I believe that that's there to really emphasize the idea of art, of cartoons and art being the same level. Like, I know a lot of people wouldn't compare the Mona Lisa to Garfield, but they are both art. And I would dare to say, as much as people probably hate that I would say this, Garfield has more of a cultural impact on the world than the Mona Lisa did. So there's two other things that I want you to remember. One is Princess Rainicorn. It's not the Princess Rainicorn that we all know and love from the show. It's the original from the pilot before it was a show, before it was a corporate money-making cash cow. When it was a labor of love, 
made by a cartoonist. That's what Princess Rainicorn looks like when it's battling this black glitch. The other is Buttercup. And shout-outs to Dogs Are Cool 1527 for bringing this to my attention on the subreddit. When we see Buttercup, Buttercup has the normal hair that you see when you watch the old-school original version of the Powerpuff Girls. However, in the thumbnail, and since we can travel through different worlds and things like that, we're considering everything canon. In the thumbnail for the Pibby short, you see a corrupted Buttercup. So this battle, you can assume, doesn't go well for her. She gets corrupted. But the corrupted version has a weird tuft of hair that sticks out. It only sticks out like that in the reboot, in the soulless, money-grabbing reboot. There's one more element that I've purposely left out into this dramatic moment, and that's a billboard. There was an Adult Swim billboard that was up. It was a billboard. And it was taken over by Pibby. It was a normal billboard, as normal as an Adult Swim billboard would be. And then Pibby appeared and a glitched out dark bonbon appeared on this billboard. Now, what the billboard was originally was just an email that said, we need to make a billboard showing that Adult Swim is going to be on HBO Max. It was a billboard announcing that they were going to be on this new streaming platform. And then, all of a sudden, this dark glitch appeared over it. For a brief time, Learning with Pibby was on HBO Max. You could actually watch it. It was, it was a trailer on HBO Max, and there were different areas of HBO Max you could go, and you would actually see Pibby and... Bun Bun just kind of like scattered around on different icons and things like that. And then one day it all went away. Along with things like Super Train. I personally believe that learning with Pibby is about a corporate takeover. It is about how this company that didn't love these characters, that didn't create these characters now consumed these characters and have turned them into something else, something that's not right, something that's just off, something that's lacking its charm and what made it special to begin with. And now everything's kind of the same dark flavor. Nothing's unique anymore. Everything's just kind of under this banner and has the same kind of wash across it. Everything's kind of the same. And now it's gone. It won. It's consumed them and they're gone. That's kind of the ending to Pibby. It's the one that makes the most sense 
It's not satisfying, but the situation isn't satisfying either. I think this is all just a, a grand metaphor for what happens when art becomes a corporate pawn. Something that can be shuffled around. It gets consumed by the dark, never to be seen again. Like Batgirl. I know it's a bit heady. And I know that it requires some leaps and the idea that the people who made this cartoon, because making a cartoon takes a really long time, had the time and the foresight to see the writing on the wall and create this. It's very much in the same headspace as there's a great video essay about how Silent Hills is not a trailer, the, the PT, the playable teaser. It's not to promote Silent Hills, but rather a glimpse in an alternate dimension where Hideo Kojima didn't get fired because he knew he was going to. Again, it's a bit heady. But if you look at it through that lens, the glitch, the darkness, is corporate greed. It's not sentient, really. It's not caring. It doesn't care what's being destroyed. It's just about consuming and having more IPs to gobble up and keep from other companies. And then eventually it all just goes away. I think that's a good ending to Pibby. Not for Pibby, but for that message of Pibby. I don't know if you can do it another way. But then again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it'll all change come this April Fool's Day on Adult Swim. Do I think we'll see something? No, I honestly don't. I don't think we'll see Pibby ever again. But you never know. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining me for this very special episode. I hope that, one, the guy with the weed whacker outside wasn't too annoying. I tried to stop talking, cut around that. I hope that wasn't too bad. Two, I hope you don't mind how sick I am. Uh, This took me a really long time to record because I had to cough and sneeze and stuff like that. But we got to get an episode out because I love you guys. So for my suffering, if you guys want to support us, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash plus two comedy. You can sign up for a dollar, but if you sign up at the $5 level, you can jump on uh, the Discord with us. And we'll we'll talk about Pibby and Razzie movies and other fun television anomalies. And if you want to just talk to me about Pibby and... I don't know, your favorite franchise that got gobbled up and you'll never see again. I'm at Plus2Comedy on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, stay doomed.